Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Let's, uh, let's get set for the word. We have to finish this today. And uh, hallelujah. Can you hear me? All right. Can I get a bit more volume on my mic, please? Just a little bit. Sound check, sound check, sound check, sound check. Praise God. Amen. All right. That's, that's okay. All right. Let's, let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, let's, let's, we, we've been talking about advancing in destiny, so we're going to finish up today. And um, I want to talk about six things, and we will finish that we need to do so we can advance in destiny. And I hope that we understand when we're talking about advancing in destiny, we're not just talking about advancing in life. We're talking about advancing in the purpose, the reason of God for your life. Praise God. Now, follow this. Listen carefully to this. We'll spend time by God's grace next year to teach this so that people will understand it. Man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. Okay? And uh, man has a soul and then lives in a body. Obina, come. Let me use it as an example. So, if, if I say, where is Mr. Obina? People are going to point to this carcass. Right? And then if I say describe Mr. Obina, they're going to describe his. You're not tall, right? <laughs> Even if you think you are tall, it's wrong thinking. All right? So you say he's not tall, he's slim. All you are describing is this earthly suit. Are you following what I'm saying? So when, now listen carefully to this, when Mr. Obina is making decisions, about even people, he might use this earthly suit to decide. Are you following what I'm saying now? Now, let's say he's not married, he wants to marry. He will say, oh, he wants a tall girl so that by the time they give birth, they can balance the height equation. That's a natural decision. But it's based on... Now, a lot of people make their plans in life based on this earth suit. So if you want to say, is Obina a successful person? The question is, does he have a car he's driving? What is the label on his shirt? I mean, this shirt has no label. Are you following what I'm saying? Everything is based on this natural life. And that is where, pay attention to this, that is where a lot of people miss it. Because every time they talk about advancement, it is based on what these eyes can see. What can come on this body? So let's say Obina is wearing this shirt now. There's no, is there a label in this shirt? No, there's no label. Alright. So this is a second hand shirt, for instance. It's an example. Alright? And then let's say next week he comes to church and wears a Calvin Klein or a Tommy Hill finger or a Gucci shirt. What's going to happen? You can say, wow. We can see God's blessings all over your life. Now, what prompted that rating still on this natural man but God looks at the spirit the spirit is the real Mr. Obina not this body are you following that now now what happens is men are so focused on this natural body that all their decisions is based on the body and the soul realm the soul realm is made of the mind, the will, the intellect, the feelings. So, if he feels good, he feels he's successful. 
If he feels bad, he feels he's a failure. It hasn't changed anything about his spirit man. Are you following this now? Now this is important because as we talk about advancing in destiny, our focus is on the spirit man. You, a believer lives from the inside out. Now, when God is talking to Mr. Obina, he's not referring to the body, not to the soul, but essentially to what? The spirit. Thank you. Referring to the spirit. So, the spirit of man is the real man. And that is why, as we're making progress into the year that we're entering, the primary focus... First of all, set your spiritual goals. That's where your goal setting should start from. Are, are you following this now? That's where destiny starts from the spirits. That's why when a man is born again, nothing in his natural um, space will change. But a lot has changed about him. A lot. In fact, not a lot. Everything has changed about him. Are you still here? So number one, what are some of the ways? Six things. Number one, deliberate decision. Everybody say deliberate decision. Let's say it one more time. Let's say deliberate decision. Yeah. Number one, deliberate decision. Go to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. If a man will make progress, will advance in life. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Now it says, very, very, very important statement. Remember, you know the story. Daniel, they were taken as slaves to the kings, uh, and then they were chosen, and all that, and all that, and they were to give them food. Right? Now, that food, pay, pay attention, please. That food um, looks like a kingly food, but is actually. They were commanded by God not to eat such foods because those foods would have been dedicated to idols. Now, pay attention. Although the food looks good, listen carefully to this, it was poisonous to their spiritual life. Now, if they eat the king's food to their body, that's why I made that example, so pay attention so you don't miss this, to their body, that food will be good. If they post it in Instagram, it will attract likes. Because here you are eating the king's food. But in eating that food, they would have disobeyed God. So although in their mind, so rem, it will be good food, in their body, come on, how many of you know if a king of any nation was eating food, he was not going to eat something poisonous. Hello? He's not going to eat something poisonous, right? What's going to happen? He's going to eat good food. So to their body, the food was going to be good. But that food will be injurious to their spirits. Because it will make them disobey God. So the first thing is that, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So, the first thing Daniel said was, I'm not going to drink this food, I'm not going to drink this wine, because it's going to defile. Observe the word defile. Now, very, very important. A man that will fulfill destiny will not feed himself that which will defile him. It might be good as comedy, but if it defiles your spirit, it's stopping you. It might be okay, everybody, ah, everybody's fine with it, but if it defiles your spirit, it's stopping you. So you must observe something. That Daniel proposed in his mind that he was not going to take the food. Now, the food was good food, but spiritually, it hindered that man. So the first thing is to make up your mind. A deliberate decision. He proposed in his heart. He decided. If you want to fulfill destiny, you must decide. I will fulfill destiny. I, this is what I will do. Many times, people think that sin has so much power. But the truth of the matter is that if you put your will to the word of God, you can overcome anything. 
Did you hear what I said? Put your will to the word of God. You will overcome and stand your ground. Stand your ground in God's word. You will get your healing. Stand your ground in God's word. You will have victory. Stand your ground. You see, when things happen to us and we're not standing our ground, we, we, we don't let our spirit overrule. We begin to get into the soul realm. We begin to get into feelings. We begin to get into, allow the body to govern. We'll look at that. But if you allow your spirit to govern, your spirit will give you directions on how to overcome. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. You stand your ground. You make up your mind. You decide. And then you gain the victory. So, your mind and decisions have a great role in your advancement. Your mind and your decisions have a great role in your advancement. You make up your mind that you want to fulfill destiny. You make up your mind that you want to obey God. You make up your mind that you're not going to remain the same. You make up your mind. You make that deliberate decision. Number two, no one can make up your mind for you. No one can make up your mind for you. No one can make up your mind for you. Have you ever counseled someone who's made up their mind not to listen to you? As you're talking, they are saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. I'm getting the point. Mm. Ah, there's wisdom in what you're saying. That doesn't mean they have accepted what you're saying. They have only accepted what you're saying when they act in line with your direction. Nobody can make up your mind for you. You see, most times we're trying to help people that don't want to be helped. Hmm? You know, if you want a child... If a child wants you to carry them, what are they going to do? Raise their hands. But you want to carry a child and then he stretches on the floor and, and he's holding to everything. That child doesn't want to be carried. Many times we're trying to help people who don't want to make progress. Especially when you're mentoring people. There are some young people that they, they don't want you to actually mentor them. They only want to be close to you so they can say they have your number. Because you give them wisdom this way, they go this way. Right? And then they go like the prodigal son. When they've messed up, they come back. And then they won't receive wisdom. And then they go far. So nobody can make up your mind for you. We're entering another year. You can decide what you want to become. You can listen to one million good messages. It's what you decide to do, you will do. How many of you know that Judas, his pastor, was Jesus Christ? You know that? You don't know. You know, he was one of the twelve disciples. Not just twelve disciples. He, had, he was a treasurer. He had the money box. Hmm? But Satan entered into him. He decided to sell Jesus. The man sold Jesus. All the messages others heard. Hmm? He heard them too. All the miracles they saw, he saw them. Everything Jesus said, he heard. But he decided. Same thing with Peter. Betrayed Jesus. Jesus went for him. Called him back. So, your mind. You know, that's why sometimes six people can attend the same church and three people have a different lifestyle. You, sometimes you can never really judge uh, people's you know, life by, by what they hear. Because sometimes people don't even hear as much as they're hearing or they haven't decided to do. You know, I can stand here and say, hey, don't do this. And just say, that's his own. Or I can teach something from the word of God and say, it's because he's a pastor. You know, I've heard people say that sometimes. You teach something, you say, ah, it's because you are a man of God. I said, no, you're a man of the devil, right? Huh? Who's that again? <laughs> Decisions determine destiny. Decisions determine destiny. Decisions determine destiny. So, many people do not decide their destiny. They make decisions and that decision will do what? Shape their destiny. You cannot want to have a great life and you have bad habits. Right? You want to, you want to excel. You want to be promoted at work, but you go late. You see, that vision and your habit is not consistent. 
People want to have great prayer lives, but they don't want to pray. You know, you can't develop a great prayer life by following someone who is praying online. Huh? You know that's what is common now. Yeah. So there, there are several pl- prayer platforms everywhere. But you know that's not how to develop a great prayer life. It's good once in a while, but that should be spice to your prayer life. You get up. Huh? And pray. We can pray. I can decide we're going to pray for two hours. And it will be easy to follow as we are leading and praying. But if you go to your house and pray for two hours, you know that praying for two hours is no joke. I remember the first time I prayed for 30 minutes in school, early days, trying to pray. I said today I was going to pray for one hour. I closed my eyes. I began to pray. I began to pray. I began, in my mind, I was like, I've had it. Maybe by the time I opened my eyes, it was one hour, 30 minutes. By the time I opened my eyes, it was 15 minutes. All my prayer points had finished. <laughs> All my prayer points had finished. Tongue syllables have exhausted everything. 15 minutes. It's in prayer, you know that 15 minutes is long. Hmm? Try to pray for one hour. If you're not well developed, you realize that one hour is a long time. But you know, when you're watching soccer, ah, it's our first half. Ah, what's that? Why now? With extra time, it's finished. It's because spiritual things, the enemy always makes them drag. It's when you are reading the Bible, you know that two pages is long. But when you are reading novel, you know, you just, ah, ah, this novel, ah. <laughs> you know, this morning, I was, I was studying, myself and my wife were reading, she was reading, I was reading something. You know, I re- I've read the Bible before, I've taught from it, but then it just struck me so hard this morning. Mark chapter 4, the Bible says when the seed comes, Satan steals it immediately. You know, I mean, that just stood out. Satan steals it immediately. Why is Satan after the word immediately? The thief will never steal what is not precious. You know, and then she's telling me of when you want to read the word, that's when you feel sleepy. How many of you are in that box? Are on that table? How many of you are on that table? Huh? When you want to read the Bible, sleep will just come from nowhere. Sweet smelling sleep. Huh? <laughs> you have to decide that you want to read the Word of God. Praise God. You have to decide that you want to pray. So, decisions determine destiny. Number two, a deliberate prayer life. You cannot fulfill destiny without a deliberate prayer life. You cannot fulfill destiny without a deliberate prayer life. No man can fulfill purpose without committing to a life of prayer. There are two kinds of prayer I'll talk about. Number one, there is the personal prayer for your own needs and your family. There's a personal prayer that just concerns you, oh, this is what I want next year. Oh God, I want a bigger house. Oh God, I want this. Oh God, I want that. Then number two, there is a prayer for the purposes of God. There is prayer for what? The purposes of God. Are you here? What is God's purpose for Bonnie Island? What's God's purpose for this church? What's God's purpose for the teenagers, for the women, for the marriages on this island? So, there is a personal prayer life, and there's a prayer life for the purpose of God. Now, follow this now. People who will fulfill God's purpose will spend more time praying concerning the greater purpose of God. Remember what Jesus told his disciples? He says, the, labor, the harvest is plentiful or ripe, but the laborers are few. What did he tell the disciples to do? He says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. How many of you have heard, I've seen that? Come on church. How many of us have seen that? How many of us pray that? How many of us remember to pray for laborers to be sent to the field? So, you see, that's a prayer that's concerning the purpose of God. Okay? Praying for the nation. Praying for the local church. Now, if you look at the life of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, you see something about Daniel. Daniel 6.10 It says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, 
he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God as he has been doing previously. What was Daniel praying about? He was praying about the release, the fulfillment of the purposes of God when he read in the, uh, um, by the writings of Jeremiah that the days of their captivity were over. He, he persisted in praying for the purposes of God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. If you want to fulfill purpose, you cannot do it in anxiety. Do it by prayers. You know, very interesting, right? Very, very interesting. <laughs> Even as ministers, sometimes... We have to be conscious that prayer works. That's the truth. You know, something, I think, we're talking about something, and then my wife said, so I was saying, yeah, I'm not sure this thing would, would work out this way. He now said, she, she now said, uh, yeah, we can pray about it. And I said, yes, but I'm not sure it will work out. Then she now said, even with prayer, you know, that was when, that was when I became conscious. <laughs> she now said, even with prayer, and I said, yeah, okay, yeah, if we pray, it will change. You see, the default is, do you so listen, even as pastors, we don't live in that place where, yeah, we feel like praying about everything, we believe it. No, no, we have to walk the word. So when she said that, even with prayers, it just comes, oh, we are talking about prayer here. Because in that scenario, my mind was, yeah, this thing can change. The, pray, the power of prayer. If we want to fulfill purpose, we've got to be people of prayers. And you know the prayer I'm talking about, right? Not the prayer of, of you know, you got up on bed, you are late, the child is off, and I will thank you today. We tell you, what I can touch my body, there's nothing you cannot do. Don't, don't do that. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. Eh? <laughs> You're praying Psalm 91. Father God, we pray this the 91st Psalm. From the first verse to the last verse, you are the one that wrote it, so you know what is there. Do everything that's there. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Praise God. You remember something about Paul? Every time Paul says, I thank my God every time that I remember you, that I pray for you. I always thank my God. When I remember, I pray. Can you imagine that? If people come to your mind, you pray in the Spirit. If things come to your mind, you pray in the Spirit. It will change how you see things. It will fast track you into the purpose of God. Come on, saints. If we're going to fulfill God's purpose in the year that we're entering, we've got to be people of deliberate prayers. Extended prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. Lock yourself up some Saturdays and pray in tongues. Pray out the plan of God. Go listen to that series. Pray out the plan of God for your life, for your family, for your loved ones, for your nation. Daniel prayed three times as he has previously done. So he had a consistent life of prayer. Everybody say consistent life of prayer. And that's what we want to develop, right? It's not that you pray on Monday. And on Tuesday, something happens. You know some people, the way they react against God is not to pray. It's like, you see, now, I will not talk to you. I'm in my house, come and beat me. Huh? There was one statement I heard, and I've never forgotten, Pastor Kenneth Higgins' son, the wife, Pastor Lynette Higgins, said, if your prayer life was how your house ought to be powered, what kind of light would you have? Let's imagine your prayer life was the BUC that would power your light. How many of you think you would have flood lights all over your house? <laughs> how many of you think you would have <laughs> candlelight? How many of you think your house will be dark? <laughs> because the last prayer you prayed. <laughs> Do you understand that? But that's the truth. Your life is powered in the place of prayer. You cannot fulfill destiny without prayer. Let me tell you, let me tell you, saints, as far as you are in this life, there will be things that will come against you that only prayer will be able to resolve. And it's not the day those things come against you that you would learn to pray. You know, at the beginning of this year, I mean, there was some crisis somewhere we were trying to handle. It was just overwhelming. And I, I went to the Lord in the fast. I was fasting. And uh, I usually don't fast very long. 
So, you know, when I'm fasting and I get the answer, I then I break the fast. Then I got the answer to my fast. It was about a week to the fast. So I wanted to break the fast. And the Lord said, no, you will win this battle by staying in the place of prayer. By staying. That is the strategy to win this battle is to stay the long haul. And that was the longest fast I've ever done. In, 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 in. And thank God we got the victory. So what gave us the victory there was not quick answers to prayer. It was staying in the long haul. Stay in the long haul. We must develop prayer life. We must be known as a praying church. And like I said, not just praying for our needs. Praying for what? The purposes of God. The mind of God. The plan of God. Not just for our lives. For the nation. For the community. So that that plan can come to pass. Colossians 4.2 says, Be devoted to prayers. Be devoted to prayers. Devote yourself to prayer. Keep alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. There's an attitude that goes with prayer. Attitude of thanksgiving. You know, in those days, when you met a brother and you had a condition or a situation, the first thing people would say is, Brother, let's pray about it. Am I right? Those of you who accepted the Lord a bit late. Older generation. Right? Oh, let's pray about it. And if you ask that brother after they have prayed about it, like, hey, this situation, what is it about? You know what they'll say? Oh, myself and my brother has prayed about it. We have committed it into the hands of God. Hmm? But you know today, with a lot of strategic thinking, think out of the box, creative strategic planning, you know, even after I have prayed, say we have prayed about it, say, I know we have prayed. What is your plan B? <laughs> what was your plan B in case God fails what, what can we do to rescue God quickly until he sorts himself out so okay we are just giving God two months I prayed about this thing but if two months God does not answer I have plotted one or two things so let's just give him time let's give him time let's see what God can do and after two months say Father I thank you for everything as you say we have prayed we have prayed as you see the thing is delayed so switch of plans and, it, and, and it out. And sometimes even when you ask people This thing going on Have you prayed about it They get offended You say we are not talking prayer This is real life say, God, That's why God gave us brain It's not everything you pray about Is that what the Bible says Did the Bible actually say We should not pray about everything it said we should are you hearing? Even that thing you already know the answer. Why don't you pray if the Holy Ghost will give you something better? He says pray about everything. Literally, pray about everything. Just pray. You know, one of the things that sh- shapes, two, two people shape, shape my understanding of this verse. One is my wife, the other one is Nehemiah. You know, my wife prays about everything. She's looking for a pause she, and she prays. Ah, Father, help me, Holy Spirit. Where did I drop that red post? In my mind, I'm like, <laughs> it's not both of you that own the post. Right? But we've seen things miraculously. I mean, we've seen things miraculously. We've seen things miraculously just by offering that prayer. My default is if we're looking for something, find it. You were the one that misplaced it. But that's not the right attitude. The Bible says, let's pray about everything. The other one is Nehemiah. The king asked Nehemiah, what would you want for this trip? Nehemiah, the scripture says, Nehemiah made a quick prayer to God. Before he asked the king for anything. How many of you know that if you're planning to travel, you already have in mind what you need to construct the building? But he prayed. Don't underestimate prayer. That thing that is overwhelming. Hmm? Pray about it. You know, people are always talking about, talk to someone, talk to someone, talk to someone. Why don't you talk to God first? Talk to God about it. Pray about it. Hallelujah. Alright, number three, a deliberate praise life. Deliberate praise life. First one is a deliberate decision. Number two, deliberate prayer life. Number three, deliberate praise life. An attitude of joy gets you faster into purpose than ingratitude. An attitude of joy. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. You can't fulfill purpose sad. Are things going to happen? Things are going to happen that will make you sad. You will see things that will make you sad. Daniel 6 10. 
Look at now Daniel when the document was signed. You know this document that was signed? Hello, church. Do you know this document that was signed? How many of you know the document that was signed? Right? That we're going to kill any man who worships God, right? That document had been signed. This was not contract prayers. This was not contract document. He, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, he had windows open to him, and he continued kneeling on his knee three times a day, praying and doing what? Oh, come on, I didn't hear you. Praying and doing what? Did you see that? He was giving thanks. Hey, come on. How many of you think if the government of this day signed a document that anybody that goes to church or prays to God will be killed? Then we even manage to pray. How many of you think Thanksgiving will not be part of that prayer? The question is, what are you thanking God for? But see, that's the attitude of a believer. Thank God. Learn to thank God. Learn to thank God. Things didn't go as you planned, thank Him. Things didn't work out. The way you thought things will work out, thank him. You lost someone, things happened, all of this, thank him. Learn it. Don't let your emotions get the better of you. Because if you let your emotions get the better of you, when you go to the place of prayer, you will complain. You will not thank. You will not give thanks. Not to do the praise. It's important to know that praise is not a formula. Praise is a lifestyle. You know, I've heard people say, if prayer does not work, try praise. God cannot reject praise. You know, you've heard things like that. Praise is the food. God cannot serve himself. So when you serve him, God will not reject it. I mean, those are, uh, these are just anti-scriptural. <laughs> I don't even know where people get all those things from. That praise is something God cannot serve himself. Did you hear when the Bible says that if you guys do not praise me, I'll raise up stones that will praise me? So don't you think God can serve himself praise with stones if he wants to do that? He can. It's not a formula. It's not like we're trying prayer. Then prayer does not work. We'll try praise. Then praise does No, 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 no. Praise is a lifestyle. An attitude of gratitude is what? A lifestyle. Just as prayer is a lifestyle, let praise become your lifestyle. Learn to always say thank you, Jesus. Just learn it. Let it constantly come out of your mouth. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank- learn it. You have an attitude. You know, there are people who sigh a lot, right? They are endlessly. They are just like that. If you stay with them in the office in less than one day, you have like 50, 60 times their sign over anything. You say, what is it? No, nothing, no. <laughs> nothing, no. <laughs> nothing, no. That's an attitude. It's an attitude of sign. What about if you replace that with praise? What about if you replace that with thank you, Lord? What about if you replace that with I'm grateful, God? Let me tell you, as far as you are in this life, you're going to see things that will make you sad. You have to choose to be glad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will hear news that will make you sad. You will hear things that will break your heart. You will hear things that will hurt you. You make the decisions that those information will not control your life. You make the decision to rejoice and to be glad in your God. Hallelujah. Joseph, First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 18. Give thanks. In everything. Learn to give thanks. It is God's will for you in Christ. Come on, what's the will of God? Thanksgiving. Say, but pastor, there's no reason why I should give thanks. The reason is it's the will of God. Do the will of God. Do the will of God. Give thanks. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, it's easy to give thanks when everything is good. Why is thanksgiving a sacrifice? Why is it a sacrifice of praise? We read that in Hebrews. Last Sunday. Make sure I listen to that message if you don't have it already. It's because sometimes when you're giving thanks, there's nothing in the natural that should make you give thanks. But you go ahead and give God thanks. Praise God. Number four. A deliberate... Okay, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Just one point there. Genesis 46 to 7. Joseph maintained an attitude of joy in prison. I like that. Joseph maintained an attitude of joy 
in prison. You know, he, met, he went to meet that, that other prisoner, the butler. He said, why are you sad? If he was sad, he would not ask the other person, why are you sad? Imagine being in prison for what you did not do. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You'll be the one that will, right? Everybody will ask you. Say, why are you here? Say, I killed someone. Say, why are you here? Say, I butchered someone. Say, why are you here? I stole something. Why are you here? No, see, no. Who should be the saddest? Who do you think should be the saddest, logically? The one who did nothing. He was lied against. Imagine the one lied against. You know, when we read these stories, they look very far. But think about it in your mind. Imagine someone lies against you and they send you to prison. And the person that lied against you is not a common man. Hmm? Spotify. A high-ranking, imagine uh, an army general. Let's say, for instance, the chief of defense staff of this nation lies against you. You know the kind of prison they will keep you. Of course, right? You know the kind of prison first of all. It's not that they'll put you, they'll put you in maximum security prison. The type. Abacha used to keep some of all, all those guys. Hmm? Prison where you see light once a week. Right? Then you are in that prison. Then you will now go and ask someone, why are you sad? <laughs> Even thinking about it now, I'm wondering, Joseph, are you for real? But you know, they had a joy that came from God. Many Christians, sadly, don't have this joy. Hmm? Once something goes wrong, the whole day has gone on. You know, instead of advancing our purpose with joy, we are busy making people to, ah, it's okay, it will be okay. Say, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you, it will be okay. Every week. <laughs> we can't even talk of persecution. Hmm? We can't even talk of, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, joy. Bible says, with joy will you draw water out of the well of salvation. Joy. Be a joyful believer. Lights go off, you are sad. Rain falls, you are sad. Your shoe, you know, gets missing, you are sad. Everything. It's just, it's just, you know, you have more sad days than happy days. And you have people say things. And, and a lot of people don't get into the world. They just do psychology. I don't know how to keep things. If I'm not happy, I'll just show it. I always not happy. Huh? Don't have temporary joy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, develop a lifestyle that nothing in this world will move you. Nothing. Fix your... Let me tell you. There is nothing... In this world that comes against you, that you can't have the victory if you choose to have the victory. I can tell you that for sure. Oh, I can tell you that for sure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't have the victory. A missionary, one of the, one of one missionary, they went to a place. Then it was in Papua New Guinea, the, the, the Amazon basin around that region, and the the people in that village killed the man. They killed the man. And so the wife, they were from the U.S. And then the wife went back, went back to the U.S. with the kids. And after about two months, she said, after the funeral and everything, she said she was going back. And people say, why do you want to go back there? He said, because God sent us there to reach them. And we love them. People couldn't understand it. But they went back. And today, the gospel has spread over that region because some, some lady chose... To go back to the very town where her husband was killed to preach the gospel. Hmm? If it happens to anyone today now, we will build, that will become like an altar in our life. Because we always feel that when we play the victim, it's like God is more merciful. And meanwhile, God is waiting on us to wake up and walk in victory. Wake up. You see, when, when things happen to you, let them deepen your resolve for the gospel. That's what happens to me. When certain things happen to me, they deepen my resolve. A few days ago, a young man that we served together with, not, not just 41 years old, they, they told us that he's passed on and everything and everything. And then he conducted the funeral, the something, something. Uh, what's that now? 
service of songs online and everything. You know. It, it just deepened my resolve. I looked at the word of God. The Bible says we would raise the dead. There's something here. What are we missing here? There is an ability in God for believers to walk in this realm. People need to hear the gospel on time. When things happen like that, it's not to fold your heart. And say, no, it's not because he never taught you. Mm, not because he never taught you. Okay, so when he taught all of us, you will all just fold our hands and just allow the devil run riots on our life? A thousand times, no. When we look at our nation, with corruption in our nation, it shows us that more people need to hear the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything that we see that is unpleasant is a demand that there's more work to be done. We can't fold our hands and allow the devil run riot in our life, riot the life of our families and our loved ones and our teenagers. No. So there's an attitude of gratitude that will make this to happen. Let's look at the other, the other points. Number what now? Number four. Yeah. A deliberate decision to read. A deliberate decision to read. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2, the Bible says, And I, Daniel, understood by books. Not, can you see it? Hmm? The first year of this reign, I, Daniel, observed, understood in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord, Jeremiah, the prophet. So Daniel read the books of Jeremiah. What are you reading? Learn to read. Learn to read. Develop it. You cannot fulfill destiny when you don't read. We read in line with the purpose and call of God for our lives. A man will advance in des- a man that will advance in destiny must take time to increase his knowledge. Proverbs one five. The wise man will hear and increase in learning. Read. Have a library of books. Young people read. Read. You know, sometimes, some of these gadgets we have can become a distraction. Even as adults. It's easy to flip through Instagram and Twitter and social media and chat them to read. That's easier. Get a book. Read. Take time to read. Be someone who loves books. You cannot fulfill your destiny in ignorance. I read a lot, read quite a lot. I don't even think I'm reading the way I should now. And I advise young men, before I got married, I read, <laughs> I read books. I read not only books about marriage, I read books about women. Well, you, you don't have to do that, but that's just me. I read every woman. I finished it. Because I wanted to understand how the woman's body works. Read a lot of books about marriage. So you don't even have a clue how your body is. Except what it taught you in biology. Have reproductive organ, respiratory organs, this is the finish. That's all. Where is your liver? It's here. And then they ask you, why don't you know? Who is here? Who does know it will live I mean, you can't, you, can't, you can't be boastful in ignorance. You can't be proud in lack of knowledge. I mean, I mean, there are things that you want to touch the world, you don't know the world. Where is Ghana? You will point in the direction of your father's house. And yet, in your prayer, Father, we will reach the world. God will ask you, which world are you reaching? You, you are in, and it's amazing. Somebody is into sales. They don't read sales books. They don't know how to close sales. 
They write something that they are selling. There is no starting page. There is no landing page. There is nothing that intrigues anybody. Buy. Support your business. It is, uh, it, is, it is people who buy from us that we will share on our status. Lazy people. That's how you are selling your markets. In 2022. 2022. By emotional blackmail. This pastor that buy from us who will put us our DP. That's the one reason I won't buy. It's not convincing enough. It's just emotional blackmail. That's not sales. That's childishness. That's immaturity. You can't build a global business by blackmailing people to come and buy from you. Have you bought from me today? Slide into my DM in 2022. That's how you want to become wealthy. You know, everything is about emotions. And then you still see people quarreling over what doesn't make sense. If we're in the same church and he's wearing shoe and I'm selling shoe, my brother tell me, where should you buy shoe from? I mean, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? So do you, do, what you're trying to say now is that if you were not in a church, if you, were, if you didn't know this man, it means that everything God has planned for you should not come to pass. And it's just because you're too lazy to learn. Pay for training, zero. Read sales books, zero. You will see books on the foyer. You will walk past them every day. Walk past. You. I'll tell you this, sir. Eh? There are people who have financial issues today that have never read any book on finances. And let me, let me warn you. This one is warning. Let me warn you. And I'm warning you in the name of Jesus Christ and his 12 disciples, any of them that you respect. This loan thing going on now will cripple you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. These young people that are in debt said, listen, don't set any goal for next year. Come out of debt. Because there are loan companies all over the nation now offering, and you see young people, I'm owing this, I'm owing that. Owing what? How do we live indebted? For what? America is one of the most indebted nations in the world. Go and study world economics. One of the most indebted in the world because it's a credit lifestyle. You can furnish a house in America without owning money. You can ride a car without owning money. And that's what is being introduced here. You realize that young people are indebted. So you add indebtedness plus gambling. You know that the devil has... What's the word for Tynek or Colobed? Is there an English word for that? I don't know what that is. But you know, there is no breathing space for you. That's two disastrous habits for your finance. Pray from now to tomorrow. Drink olive oil. Add a bit of coconut oil to it. What other oil can we use? What other oil? What other oil have you used before you came here? <laughs> Do you understand that? Listen, it will not work. And as Christians, we have a commandment to be debt free. Listen, I said we have a commandment to owe no man nothing. But what? But love. So all these little ones, just pay. We will give you. Pay. Be careful. I will talk about that next time. I know some of you are already owing. That's why you are quiet. Go and pay. Your prayer this night is, Lord, give me the wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To pay off, you listen to me. You cannot start your small life with debts. You're too young for that. You are 21, you are owing 40,000. Does it make sense? Even the money you are owing is higher than your age. <laughs> huh? And then you now, and I don't know how you guys do it, you now give them access to your phone, and then you can't pay, then they are spreading your name and your face all over. Have you forgotten that a good name is better than riches? And before you will use your name to do anything in this world, it's already been tainted because of unbridled appetite. How much did you loan? 20,000. You now destroy the name God has given to you for 20,000. What did you buy with it? Shoe. Can you see how the summary of your life is? Hmm? I know a lot of you are owing. So, when you leave this service, you will go and kneel down. 
and ask God to help you to pay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I won't even pray for you. I don't say you don't, you don't need to loan money to give. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The scripture says it is accepted according to what a man has, not according to what he loaned. So don't use church that I just want to say I can tithe and I balance a few things. Don't balance us with loan money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me. You don't need to loan to help. I'll do a full teaching of this. Look at the book of Proverbs. Learn in this life to be able to say, I don't have, and it's okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you are doing like you are not hearing now. I'm recording this message. We'll send it to every one of you. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> but, but that's very important. That's very important. Okay? So, you've got to read books on finances. So, you understand how finances work. Alright? Read books on finances. Read books on leadership. Read books on communication. Basically, we'll teach you spiritual things in church. Some of the other things you need, you need to stretch out and go and study them. So, be a man who loves knowledge. Uh, Proverbs 19.12 It is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. It is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. A deliberate decision to read. Alright? And please, let me say that again. I want to repeat it again. Gambling is not investment. Gambling is not an investment. It's a disastrous addiction. You have to deal with it. It might come like, don't worry, I will. It don't try it. Don't try it. Yeah. So just... And it's amazing that everywhere you turn in football, that's what everywhere, everywhere you turn. Number five, a deliberate decision to be excellent in your workplace. A deliberate decision to be excellent in your workplace. If you are going to fulfill destiny, you cannot separate destiny from where you are also working. Okay? So, your destiny is lived out on the earth. You must have a renewed perspective to work. Work is not a curse. It is intertwined with your purpose and your destiny. The purpose of Joseph was tied to his work. What was his purpose? To set, um, to preserve the economy of Egypt. But it was also tied to what? His role. So your work and your purpose will do what? Will be intertwined. Let's say God has given you a passion to help widows. Where are you going to get the money from? From your job. Even if God has called you to invest and support the gospel, where will you get the money from? From your work. So we cannot be shabby at our workplaces and expect to fulfill purpose. Look at this, Daniel 6.4. Daniel 6.4, very quickly. It says, nothing was found wrong with the job of Daniel. Alright? I'm paraphrasing. Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs. But they could find no ground of accusation, number one. Evidence of corruption, number two. Inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was found in him. I'm writing a book that's going to come out next year. Daniel in Babylon, Thriving in Secular Societies. For believers who are at the workplace, four things in the life of Daniel there. Number one, there was no corruption. Number two, there was no negligence. Hmm? Number three, there was no evidence of corruption at all. This one is not like, oh, my enemies are trying. They, 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 their mission was to find something wrong and they found nothing wrong. Come on. Come on. This is a child of God. Imagine your co-workers. They tell you, we want to find something wrong with you. It's not that they were hiding it. It's not this one we care about invisible enemies. These are enemies who shows up and tell you this is our mission. And the guys work. The one I like about it is there was no negligence. Ah, Daniel was a stellar example. Stellar example of why Christians should be in the workplace. You can't be a believer that if they are looking for who to sack, your name is number one. You are now using anointing oil, carrying your MD's uh, picture everywhere. You know, some things we do is just witchcraft. Say, Papa, pray, Papa, pray. May they not drop me. You bring your ID card. You bring your pension slip. Why are you doing all of this? Just be diligent. Hmm? 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say this with all humility. There's nobody I will work for that will not want to retain me. There's nobody. There's nobody. Everybody I had volunteered for, everybody I had worked for, everybody I had ever done anything for, they always want me to do that. I'll, I'll tell you something. My dad, when I was with my dad as a youth pastor, my dad printed a book. The book, the guy didn't print it well. Right? The guy didn't print it well. It was bad. I didn't tell my dad. I went to learn printing from the finishing stage to the final stages. Until I came here, I was printing my dad's book. I know everything about printing from beginning to end. The manual printer, not the DI now we take. I had to learn that. And I just told my dad, listen, we will be printing our books. We will get it right. So for each of the stage, I will buy papers, go to where they are buying papers, go to where they are doing plates, take the plate, go to the printing machine, run the plates, carry it to who will buy. I had to learn printing. When my dad started traveling the nations, I had to learn ticketing, how to buy best tickets, how to do stuff. I would spend nights reading about ticketing. I didn't learn that from anybody. I didn't learn that from anybody. I just say, hey, I'm helping this man to do this. This is my job. This is what is required. And I put in the work. You can't be a staff where, where instructions stop. That's where your knowledge stops. And you expect to fulfill destiny. How? You are working on something. It has not become your passion. You know many things about other things that does not concern your work. You know the trending artist. You know the, 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 the politician that stole money. Even people that are stealing money in Ghana, you are aware. Transfer fee of somebody playing for <laughs> locomotive <laughs> Moscow in Russia. You know how much there is to transfer a player from Russia to EPL. Eh? You know transfer fee. You know the, the, the formation of the football club, of a club in Holland. The file in your office, you don't know the arrangement. Can't you see that the devil has sat on you finally? <laughs> what, you know something that far, that's unimportant to your life. But the diligence on your job, zero. And that's why I stand on this pulpit and I tell you every time. If, if somebody leaves this church, it will be for something or something. But if it is when it comes to our job... Of faithfulness in running this ministry, 100%, you find us diligent. Nobody can accuse us of not being diligent with our job. Not at all. Not at all. In any department, whether it's accounting, whether it's teaching the word, whether, whatever we do, you can't be a believer that is not a stellar example in your job. You forget everything. You can remember who offended you. You forgot the instruction your boss gave to you. Are you not using your brain wrongly? Forget that and remember your job. You see, there are things in life that you should decide. If I'm on this job, I'll be the best. People will say, oh, it's eye service. That is how negligence starts. You know, sometimes we go among people who are lazy. And what do they want to do? Is it your father's company is it your father's job? Do you realize that that's what destroyed this nation? Uh, government property. Is it your own? And gradually, how many of you know that when you go to your workplace and you are serious, you almost look like you're an odd person? Why are you resuming early? Why are you resuming early? Cost problems. So what are you coming early to do? And, 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 and we buy into that. We buy into that. And before you know, and that's why you discover that sometimes if you go to some firms, when the boss is not there, everybody dance tools and they are just... You should, a Christian should not be an example of that. You see, one day you would have your own company. Even if you don't have, that's where you are being paid. You are not being paid to waste time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We live in the parsonage, but I still resume office 9 o'clock. Yeah. Except for some days. We still come to, we still, myself and my wife, we still dress, we still show up in the office, 9 o'clock. On Mondays, we resume this ministry office, 
We have our staff review, we have our leadership review, all our staff. We still resume. I still close by five. And we live in the personage. I can decide to just leave. Even if you are not seeing me, is God not seeing me? He said, once you have a culture inborn, you live that way, whether anybody is supervising you or not. A Christian does not need supervision. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. It's not just to teach you mysteries of the kingdom. It's to teach you how to function on earth. One of the commitments I want you to make as you're going into next year is that you'll be the best staff. One of our our members here, Pastor Felix, he won an award in his place, in the workplace. And he was saying, there was some teaching I did. And I said, listen, if something is wrong in your company, look for a way to fix it. And there was something that went wrong in one of their machines. And he was, they, they tried and they even left the thing. But he kept on pressing. He kept on pressing. At the end of the day, he fixed it. They gave him an award, gave him a cash award, gave him... That's how a Christian should be. It's not that you are just looking for the easiest way. I said, it us I said, ah, sir, we cannot work, oh, sir. Sir, we cannot work it as well, sir. It's, and you are just looking for... <laughs> that is, he said, I tried, and I said, no, 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 no. He said, try to do destroy one. And you are just looking. Say, can I repair? I said, no, no, sir, no, sir. The last three companies, they could not repair. You are just looking for how they would just say, no work. And then you say, it's favor. No. Don't be that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Lastly, deliberate decisions about your association. We won't talk about this so much because we've really dealt with this a lot in this church. Daniel 2, 16 to 18, when that decision was made, Daniel went back to his association. Okay? Now, I want everybody to pay attention to this example. I need two guys. Um, Harry and Obina, come quickly. Everybody look up. Look at this example. There are many scriptures that I want to give you this example. Your association. Okay? So, these are two guys. Huh? Two guys. They are friends. Okay? Now, I want you to face this way. Alright? And I want you to face this way. Alright, yeah, face this way. Now, they are friends. They are together. They are very close. So, put your hands together. Alright? This way. Now, I just want to give you this example. Please pay attention to this example. Okay? Now, this is Harry's focus and vision. Right? This is Obina's focus and vision. But they are close friends. Okay, so Harry, try to come forward. Obina, follow him a bit. Follow him a bit. Come forward. Come forward. Who is making progress? Who is making progress? What is Obina making? He's actually... What was that? He's regressing. Now, remember they are close. But actually, Obina is moving. But he's not moving in the direction of his vision. But he's moving. Are, are, we, are we together? Now, Obina, go forward. Um, Harry, backtrack. Yeah. Go. Who is making progress? What's Harry doing? Huh? He's not making progress, but he's moving. What you find out is that for some friends, that is how their life is. This one makes progress. This one makes... This one goes this way. This, and for... As far as they won't leave themselves, they are on the same spot. Hear me and hear me clearly. You guys sit down. Thank you. Listen. Friendship is not by the compound you grew up in. It's not by who you went to school with. It's not by who you grew up with. It's not by who was there when there was nobody. Friendship is vision-based. If, listen carefully to me, if we are not headed in the same direction, there is a level of intimacy that destiny must not permit us to have. Young people, are you hearing what I'm saying? Including old people. Are we going in the same direction? I was talking to my wife, we were talking about something. I was like, when this person come back, what are some of the discussions you are going to have? I said, you know my discussion is ministry. I don't discuss anything. You might say, I am myopic. That's your business. I will be judged for being myopic. Ministry. It's the gospel, it's ministry, it's church. My best friend, he will be here next month, Pastor Paul. We've been friends for 21 years. He will tell you. 
I mean, I am one of the reasons today he finally answered the call to full-time ministry. Every time we talk, every time we talk, I mean, he was working in one very good company in Abuja. Solid company, Lebanese company. I walked to him in the office and I said, what are you doing about the call of God on your life? What are you doing about the call of God on your life? I was not impressed with the money he was earning. I was not impressed with the life. Every time we sat, I reminded him of the call. And I'm glad today he's doing what God has asked him to do. That's what a friend does. Friendship is not accepting you in your weakness. Friendship is developing strength in you. Throw all those quotes away. I lie. Your people who accept me the way I am. Accept you. you are dying. Say we should accept you the way you are. No. We can't accept you the way you are. A friend should sharpen you. A friend should make you better. And listen to me. Going forward into next year, have the courage and the boldness to define friendships. I've walked away from some of the closest people in my life and I don't apologize about it. You know why? In the race of destiny, we don't stand and God judges us as friends. If the vision is not the same, bless God, there are many other people who are doing what you are interested in doing. You can hang out with them. But there's a level of intimacy that's not permitted if you're going to fulfill destiny. You like to read. Your best friend does not like to read. Huh? He will soon drag you to that level. Because every time he sees you reading, say, Dangote, how many books are Dangote reading? <laughs> and you know, that's not encouragement. That's discouragement. And remember what I said, no information leaves you the same. Huh? Instead of saying, oh, let's buy this book. I say, ah, no, 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 no. Between me and Pastor Paul, between me and Pastor Paul, we have, we have one Kindle account. Right? And on that Kindle account, in the last 10 years, we bought 3,500 books in that library. There was a book I was looking for yesterday. I just sent him a message. Hey, we need to get this book. It's something I was like, and we bought it yesterday. Hmm? All the things your friends discuss cannot be what does not make progress. Always about other people's issues. Hmm? So if you want to fulfill destiny, Daniel went to his company. When Peter and Co. were persecuted, the Bible says what? They returned to their company. Have a company of faith. Let's be on our feet. Have friends that when you are sick, they'll be ready to tear the roof and put you down in the feet of Jesus. Who believe that Jesus still heals? Who believe in the miraculous working power of God? Hallelujah. Come on, are you blessed tonight? Alright, let's pray. Father, thank you. We ask that everyone here today receive the truths of this message. That your lives will be supernaturally transformed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have a seat. Let's receive our tithes and our offerings. And um, thank you, Lord. Quality offering. <laughs>